are listening to Ya But, recorded at Crescent Lounge in Seattle, Washington. And here's your host, Vivian Gabor. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Ya But, the podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Gabor. And in the bar today, we have Rosie Montoya, a good friend of mine. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Viv. Thank I'm really you excited for coming to be here. In. I'm so excited to finally get you in here. I've wanted to, to have you in for a few weeks. So. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not your fault at all. It's just that time of year. Come on, Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and fill in the wonderful like 10 listeners we have <laughs> about like what you do. Because yes. you do some really super cool stuff. Okay, so... First and foremost, um, to make my bills, you know, I'm a, I'm a makeup artist. I what work are bills? <laughs> what? You I don't know, pay those. The money, yeah. <laughs> the stack of, like, mail that you have, like, in the corner of your room, maybe under your bed. Oh, shoot, yeah. I need to look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. But um, I work at MAC Cosmetics. Um, I just got promoted to a manager in training at Northgate Mall. Ooh. Yes. Fancy. So Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but... More importantly, I like to advocate for my community, um, for the transgender community. I like to um, just share my story online, and I like to talk um, with people, just support them and share their Mm -hmm. stories if they want me to. Um, I have a blog and an Instagram that I just love um, talking about current events that's happening and, you know, anything that's happening in my life as well, just related to that. So you actually like do constructive writing rather than me, who's just on Facebook, like, oh, I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, you know, th- on Facebook, that's what I'll do. But <laughs> on Tumblr and Instagram, I try to be a little more professional and I mean, yeah, more positive as much as possible <laughs> in the you know yep. year that we're in. Yep. But oh, the worst is what like I get news updates from CNN, BBC, and King Five this morning. Oh, I don't wait. The Supreme Court <laughs> um, voted in favor of Trump's um, travel ban. Oh, that's fun. So America's now promoting Islamophobia, but... Um, oh, great. Oh, yeah, I see that. in 5-4 ruling. That's what I woke up to. Ooh, I bet Bader Ginsburg is just uh, wanting to wring some necks right now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. But the worst part is I'll like just be on my phone all happy and happy-go-lucky, and suddenly one of those will come through, oh, and yeah. then I'll just like immediately hop on Facebook and just, Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you'll be looking at, like, all the rainbows and all the, like, happiness from Pride, yep. everyone marching, and then the next <laughs> thing you're like, oh, Trump, here you are. Great. Cool. Fuck you're not everything. welcome in Pride. Bye. <laughs> God. It was so weird um, being at Pride, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a controversial thing, but, like, watching parts of... Because I was just a Capitol Hill Pride. I didn't go mm-hmm. to the big parade because mm-hmm. I was working and then I was just... Exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're they're kind of up at Capitol Hill Pride. They have bits and pieces of a parade. It's not like a full like yeah. parade parade, but yeah. every once in a while someone will come through. Yeah, like the and dikes on bikes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it just... It weirds me out when the when the cops just like ride through on their motorcycles and then everyone's like, "Yay, cops!" I'm like, "But uh, no." <laughs> Valid. No, I so agree with that. I actually, I think it was funny. Like, I on Sunday morning, um, one of the first posts I saw was um, this meme of, um, everyone says they may hate cops. That is until they actually need a cop to come up, show up seven hours after they call them for help, and then they <laughs> arrive and just shrug. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn it. Because, you know, as a I've drag queen and as a trans m- woman of color, like, yeah. we're already controversies. Yeah. And yeah, why not the be even more controversial? don't have a good track record in our community. Not at all. And so when you're on stage and you hear a drag queen being like, let's applaud the police. I'm like, no, let's not. Nah. Nah, they don't know. It's okay. Like, they protect us sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. And, uh, let me let me be clear. I have had some conversations in the last couple of days on Facebook about mm-hmm. it, and there are some police forces throughout the the U.S. that mm-hmm. have been making strides and have yes. been trying. And there are definitely members of the LGBTQ community that are cops, yes. and I definitely have um, friends who have like parents that are cops, yes. or you know, there's a lot of so allies. So we understand that there are allies, but they're also it's an overwhelming majority, and it's a group of people who are um, either by action or in action promoting a yes. lot of classism and racism. And, and that's important to call out. Inaction yeah. is just as important as action. You know, oh, yeah. if you're if you're turning a blind eye or if you're staying silent, that's that's yep. crucial. Like yeah. you need to be speaking out. You need to be supporting the marginalized because yes. we are in a crisis mode this year. Oh, we, very much so. I think. Um, I've been I've been trying to listen to a lot more pride related things in the last couple of weeks in terms of yeah. not just historical speeches but also things that that dive a little deeper into the concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I posted a, a special episode last week, um, right before all of the festivities, that was just bits and pieces of speeches that Sylvia Rivera and Miss yes. Major and Marsha P. Johnson, uh, Marcia P. Johnson um, gave. Mm-hmm. It was hard finding videos of Marsha talking, actually. There was, aren't many. There there are a few that a good friend of hers posted of her performing, mm-hmm. but not a lot of her political speeches mm-hmm. versus Sylvia, who is everywhere. And I yeah, love her for course. it because she was just like, <laughs> we need to talk now. <laughs> yes. Forefront um, of everything. Yes. Like, um, so if you want to take a listen to that, go ahead. That's it's on the feed, but um, definitely really important uh, messages to be listening to. And that's what I love to do during Pride Month, too, is, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to stay as positive as possible this month. And I try to, like, look back at our history, look back at our roots. You know, like the reason we're able to celebrate Pride in the way that we do now, the reason it's this great big party for everyone to come to is because, of the trans women of color who led the way to mm-hmm. riots at Absolutely. the beginning to fight for our rights on the forefront of literal battle lines, yeah. you know? And um, one of the things that um, kind of tying those two subjects together that we were just talking about, one of the one of the speeches or one of the talks that I put in that episode mm-hmm. uh, was Miss Major talking about being at Stonewall yeah. that night and how... It wasn't planned. It wasn't anything that they necessarily knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was just all of them all at once just were fed up with it. Yeah. With being, um, I mean, go listen to her story because I'm not going to tell the whole thing right here. But basically, them fighting back to the point where the police were scared of them. Yes. Um, and the police barricaded themselves into the bar because <laughs> <laughs> because the rioters were just like, no, we're not going to take your bullshit anymore. Yes. Um, and I think that's something that our country has lost right now is mm. that fear of its people. I mean, that's what our country was b- supposedly based on was that the people were the ones running things yes. and that the government served them. And we're not in that point right now. Yeah. Whatever your political views are, we're just not in that point right now. No, I agree. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people working toward that. And I think um, there's definitely a lot of areas um, 
that are focusing on that. But yeah, it's just not as prevalent mm-hmm. um, in a grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, it's even definitely more prevalent at the at the city and state levels mm-hmm. rather than the national levels. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. Um, and I listened uh, a couple of the the kind of more fringe pride podcasts that I've been listening to lately. One of them was talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Icon. Uh, as I mentioned a, Legend. a bit ago. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and how she just when she was starting was used to talk about how you can't get discouraged when you see yourself making progress and then fall back a little bit Mm -hmm. because that's just how progress happens. It's not linear that you'll make a few, a few successes and then there'll be a few failures and then those failures will turn into successes and we'll find some more failures. That's just how it works. Yes. And it's important to like recognize like the steps forward that we have made, you know, like being gay, trans, um, any queer identity is not illegal in the United States anymore. Like that's huge. You know, that is a moment to celebrate. And that's what this month is about as well as celebrating all the positive strides, you know, like while, the administration currently in office is attempting to take away some of our rights. Um, and unfortunately a huge one was just taken away for, um, a lot of Islamic people, um, which is, you know, heartbreaking. It is. And we need to recognize (laughs) that, but we also need to be celebrating the wins that we have because there's so many that, um, we have received as of late and, Mm -hmm. You know, I can't always be negative. It's so it's it's easy to get bummed <laughs> out it's, it's very um, easy. these last couple it's of years. But I think it's weird because like I grew up and like I developed um as an adult during a time of like hope and happiness, mm-hmm. you know, like Obama was all about hope yeah. and change for the positive, um, especially for the queer community, you know. Yeah. The first president president to ever mention the word transgender. Whoa, in I history didn't know that. that's crazy right yeah. like he's the only president who's ever publicly said the word wow huge right um so it's important to recognize that and really remember him yeah. and thank him because obama you know the obama family is still doing really great things oh my god they still are, always yes. active still always in dc and, and that's what i try to focus on i try to follow them try to yeah. like find the news sources that are talking about what they're doing instead yeah of, I've, I've been listening to a lot of interviews and watching a lot of inter- interviews with Obama from both when he was president yeah. and now. And it's just, mm-hmm. God, we've changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough couple of years, folks. It has been. It has been. Um, so I, I asked Rosie to come into the bar today specifically mm-hmm. um, because you identify as trans. Um, and I thought it would be um, great to kind of have a conversation about that and what that means to you and some yes. of your experiences. Okay. Um. Because I know a lot of the LGBTQ community, like myself, mm-hmm. are not trans, <laughs> and so sure. we don't have that experience, and so it's it's um, hard for us to specifically empathize with that experience, yeah, and I, I think that's what's kind of created that a little bit of a rift. Mm-hmm. There's always been a rift. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Sylvia's I mean, speech at New York Pride the very next year, uh, 70, was it 73, 74? Around that time, yeah. Um was basically just her yelling at them for being like, your trans brothers and sisters are dying and you don't care. Yeah. Um, and we've come a little bit from that, but there's still a lot of I misunderstanding mean, and a lot of... There may be, like, 
less like amount of deaths possibly we don't we can't know for sure because yeah, of because like it's not inaccuracies reported. of yeah um but also like it's important to recognize last year was the deadliest year on record um for transgender people yeah. the most trans people that we know of were murdered last year than any Ugh. other year um and a lot of that is just terrifying. people don't people are scared of what they don't understand exactly and like so many studies have come out um where like the majority of Americans don't even know a trans person in their like yeah. day-to-day life. You know, they don't have that first connection yeah. to someone who is trans. And so I think it's really important for me yeah. um, as a trans individual who does have privilege, who is, you know, I have a support group. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have a job. I have a house over my head, you know, like yeah. I have privileges that a lot of trans people don't. Yeah, um, and so I need to share my story and I need to advocate for my community. Yeah. Um, so I feel that so deeply. Um, and I just want to quick for, for everyone listening, mm-hmm. just make a caveat here. Um, I'm going to be asking some stupid questions. I'm sure. Um, but you know, asking Rosie questions. Rosie and I have already <laughs> talked about, about this a yeah. little bit. Um, but also just remember that people are not required to be your teaching moment. Yes. Um, so don't just walk up to a person you might not even know is trans, assuming they're trans and just start mm-hmm. asking them questions. Cause that's not their responsibility. But with that being said, asking questions is always, um, better than just assuming things. Yes, like I am always appreciative to people asking me questions. Like, sure. I don't think it's my job to educate people. There's so many resources mm-hmm. out there online now. There's so many active people, but yeah. I want to be an active person and yeah, I want to totally. be able to educate because I'm in an okay state. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm open to questions, definitely. Yeah. Um, and along yeah. with that, I'm also going to make sure that I'm asking questions in a way that I'm not asking Rosie to be kind of a token for the majority. Yeah. I'm more wanting personal experiences yes, and a personal that's all understanding. I can speak to. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it would be doing that would be more like a straight person coming up to me and be like, so what's the gays up to? I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm different from that one over there, those five over there. So mm-hmm. just remember that people are not their community. They're part of a community, but they yes. are not the entirety. So they can only speak to themselves. Definitely. Yeah. So one really exciting moment that I would just love to share. Um, yeah. Last Friday, um, June 23rd, was my three-year mark on hormones. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, and with that being said, said like medically transitioning was a really important step in my transition um it's what made me feel more comfortable in my body and Mm. it's what helped me feel happy and just correct and right everything makes sense I feel like more than ever um what do you mean by medically transitioning so um I started hormone replacement therapy um three years ago on June 23rd um so I inject estrogen once a week and I take spironolactone to um prevent testosterone from being um produced in my body okay cool Mm -hmm. and so that was important for me, but I think it's also important to state that that's not everyone's experience. Yeah. No trans person needs to medically transition. Yeah. It's up to each individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people aren't able to who want to for medical reasons and for, you know, for financial, for reasons, financial reasons, um, for discrimination. They might not be in a space that's safe for them to. They might not have a doctor who's willing to let them do that. I know that's exactly. a big thing with some of my friends. There's so many hoops you have to yeah. jump through. You have to go to a therapist you have to get like letters you have to have a doctor sign off like you know there's so many steps um 
I even had a friend who is currently going through the struggle of trying to get the uh, gender marker on their um, license changed. That's hard. And just the the number of letters and papers. Yeah. And when it's different in each state too. Ridiculous. Like I ridiculous. I couldn't change um, my gender marker on my birth certificate. Um, because I was born in Idaho. Um, Oh God. They just I know right Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) A difficult state to be uh, queer for sure. But um, they are changing. They are progressing. Idaho. I think it was in May they just reversed that law. So now trans folks can change their gender marker on their birth certificate i have yet to just mm-hmm. because it's a long process that yeah. i haven't had time to yeah, get into I but <laughs> i will eventually now that i can i'm excited that Is, that's possible do you know if there are any states that allow parents to not put a gender marker on the birth certificate i don't that was i don't just a question think, that popped into my mind <laughs> i don't think it's been approved officially in okay. any states i know that it has been um um, discussed. like discussed okay. and presented in some legislatures like i'm pretty sure um maine of all states i'm pretty sure um actually has that in their legislature um oh, being cool. voted on um i think this month actually i oh, need cool. to look up that more um i'll be sure to share I'm that gonna, on my yeah, instagram <laughs> page once i know <laughs> i was just um, talking about i leave my phone on just in case i want to look that up definitely um and then i think um california oregon and new york city have also implemented um similar um laws yes (laughs) (laughs) come on words what's a word (laughs) um so there's you know there is always progress happening um so that's really exciting yeah just doing a quick cursory church on cursory church Google search. Google search. There, there we go. go. God, I, d- I can't. Um, oh, there was one on NBC that says that Idaho must allow transgender people to change birth certificate sex court rules. Yes. Thank you, um, Idaho. Good job, Idaho. Uh, but none of them are saying all of them have to do with changing rather than leaving it off. So I'll have to do yeah. more research on that, and then I'll post about that later. Yeah. I know that um, Oregon State does allow um, gender non-binary folks to um, have no gender marker on their license. Oh, that's, so that's cool. Big. I like I that. I don't know about their birth Come on, Oregon actually leading the way in, yes, in something right? for I once. Yes, right? I think they were the first. <laughs> that's cool, because mm-hmm. Oregon's been behind in a lot of other things. We won't talk about that right now. <laughs> um, the Pacific Northwest. To be fair, the Pacific Northwest in general has had a long history of some very rough racism and yes. stuff like that. A lot that. of controversy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were talking a little bit earlier about... Mm-hmm. Um, pronouns and stuff like that. Yes. Um, what? I am the worst at formulating questions. That's okay. Off the top of my head, I should really just like sit down and write down questions. Um, what is? I'm just gonna put it this way. What's the yeah. deal with pronouns? Yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> let's let's make um, it a game show. What's the deal with pronouns, everyone? What I think is interesting to analyze um, in my own transition is actually how I've treated pronouns. Mm. Um, because at the beginning of my transition, it was hard for people to identify me. Um, people would often know that I was gender queer to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but a lot of people didn't know which direction I was like transitioning toward, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like people didn't know if I was trans feminine or trans masculine. I was just in this kind of neutral space that they didn't yeah. understand for about a year. Um, and so I would always make it a point when I meet a new person or like anyone that I just run into, I mean, want to like be familiar with like at work or a new friend, whatever it is, I'd be like, I'm Rose. My pronouns are she, her. I would love mm. to get to know you. What are your pronouns? I like that. But it's weird now because I am more passable than I've ever been in society, meaning mm. that a lot of people don't recognize that I'm trans. And thus sometimes when I speak, uh, my voice sometimes does give me away still, but that's about the only thing I yeah. feel like that people recognize as like not the expected for a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't often do that anymore because most people just assume that I'm a woman now or at least assume that I use um, female pronouns which has changed um, in the three years that I've been transitioning (laughs) and so like as that's happened I've noticed myself also changing that Mm -hmm. Um, that's something that I'm always working and it's interesting to analyze for me because I'm always trying to be like all inclusive I'm always trying you know to support my community especially um and at Pride, I feel like I'm more likely to, like, ask other people's pronouns and give my own. Yeah. Like, I had a button at Trans Pride that said my pronouns, but I'm... Um, I love that. Right? Like... Or if I'm... I've, I also tend to do that a lot more if I'm in a, a known queer space. Exactly. Like, if I go into a, a gay bar or something, then I um, either will just avoid using pronouns until mm-hmm. um, a person makes them known. Yeah. Or just assume they, them. Yeah. Or I just, ask my go to is they, them if I don't know. Yeah. Definitely. But it depends on the space I'm in. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It changes. Well, and I, even as a drag queen, I, I know I get a little touchy about it too because mm-hmm. this, the bar that I work in, is a, a gay bar, but we do have a lot of straight people that come in here too, mm-hmm. because we're also a dive bar. And so it's, it's very um, comfortable for a lot of types of people. Um, and we do occasionally get the random bro who comes in and calls me dude or Hey man. And I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> we need to talk about this real fast. It's she, when I'm in drag. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, if the wig's on. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I think it's, that's something that's just, with a history of of our country and the history mm-hmm. of even language itself, yeah, is it's a new thing. Like, uh, is it again? I need to do research. Iceland that came up with the the new um, gender neutral. Yeah, pronoun? yeah. No, I think I think it was Iceland or Scotland. One of those. It's l- northern Z-Zem or something like something, that. Something, yeah. Which is so cool. I love that they're they're actually taking the, they're being proactive and changing their language, which is so exciting. It's really cool. I mean, as a previous homeschooler, um, I studied Latin for years and years and Mm -hmm. years. And my sister studied Greek Mm -hmm. and um, even in ancient Hebrew and such, every language kind of hinges on gender for no apparent reason. It's true. It's just since the dawn of time, language is just like, we need to break it up into he and and her and all of these things. And it's, it's always been so confusing to me, albeit Latin and romance languages also tend to have the third, the neutral yeah, gender. Yeah. Um, but then but objects are still, are still often gendered. gendered, which is weird to like, analyze. That I love a she, that chair yeah. is a he. What? Why? It's weird. I love to <laughs> analyze language though, because there are so many, like, I don't mean to like be negative, but like there are 
a lot of negative parts about language because language is how we understand our world. You know, mm-hmm. it's what it's gives us knowledge. Yeah. It's what how we communicate knowledge. And language is sexist, especially mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of the romantic languages yeah. that gender everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, and I th- again, I think it's the, the romantic influences on it uh, but even german has mm-hmm. has gendered words and things and mm-hmm. there that's not even like when well, even think of like <laughs> the like automatic like default words that we use in mm-hmm. um english you know yeah. like that's so gay for example is one or like another like we just gender so many things you know like the automatic like human mm-hmm. man you yeah. know like why is it why is it not human or you yeah. know why is it something else <laughs> yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. Um, it's language is a, I, I need, I want to speak to a, a linguist at some point about it because it's, it's a that's whole always other been something that's <laughs> really confused me as to why languages have always done that. It's interesting. Um, but I'm excited that some countries are taking it upon themselves to realize mm-hmm. that fault in their communication yeah. system and change it. Yes. Um, and language is always evolving, so there's always room oh, for yeah. change. And Especially people English. are, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we are starting to like recognize all of those nuances and trying yeah. to. I think a lot of people are trying to change that, and that's really, it's really good, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of on the same subject. Mm-hmm. Speaking of communications and things, um, I know that you touched on it as well but voice is also an, another aspect to the transition yeah um that can sometimes throw people off and and people identify certain things and as a voice major mm-hmm. um with my degrees in voice that's the thing that's always been interesting to me um actually in grad school i wrote a paper um proposing we were supposed to write a, a journal article that we could actually send into a, a scientific journal for that's voice cool. yeah um and the article that I wrote was actually a proposal for a study um, that was talking about voices in transgender individuals. Um, okay, I need to read that, please. <laughs> well, I need to read it again, too. Cause I <laughs> that was a few years yeah, ago, so, yeah. and I didn't know. I, I had just come out probably six months before I wrote that. Wow. Um, so I was very new to it as well. Sure. So I'm sure if I go back and read it, I'd be like... <gasps> I mean, um, oh, but the there transphobia were, I had when I first came out, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, A, the first thing I ran into was this was back in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, was when I graduated and it was my last semester. Um, and just the minimal number of studies and um, research that had been done on the subject yeah. was frustrating to me because yeah. I was trying to formulate a way to basically I was trying to, as a voice teacher, figure out how best to serve any students that I might have who were trans Yes, um, and going through that voice transition. Yes. Because um, like, it's interesting because like for, um, trans masculine people, those who are transitioning to become more masculine, mm-hmm. um, 
their voice will change with hormones. Yes. If they choose to take hormones, yes. their voice will drop because they're because they're effectively they're, creating a second puberty, right? Exactly. Uh huh. Well, and so so are trans um, feminine people. Like I also went through like okay. a second puberty, but it didn't change my vocal cords yeah. because once they grow and are stretched, you know, you can't shrink them back yeah. without surgery. Um, and that's a very experimental oh, yeah. surgery. I've, still, I've read um, some. I read some studies on that where they attempted them and and things like that i was just looking at the diagrams just like no don't no don't. yeah it's (laughs) it's experimental but i mean i have heard success stories but i've i've also heard of nightmares oh yeah it's but it's been it's been interesting to analyze for me too because like i was i've been in choir forever you Mm -hmm. know i started choir in first grade and then i was in choir two years after i graduated college still um now i'm not in choir it's been a year out now but um that that saved my voice, you know, mm-hmm. like that's how I found my voice because I was a bass after puberty. Oh wow! Um, like I can still speak probably lower than you <laughs> are speaking now yeah. if I wanted to, <laughs> but um, you know, it was really important for me to be able to study with my um, with my director of choir, Doc Sherman, um, mm-hmm. at Seattle University. Oh, Seattle um, she University. really helped me find my voice. Um, cool. and like just be in my upper register, use my head voice, um, and then project my chest voice as high as I could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a struggle, but yeah. through singing, I found that. And, you know, I'm now speaking two octaves almost higher than I used wow. to. So. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Huge change in just three um, years. Yeah. Uh, part of the, part of what I was looking at in the research that was done was, um, and I don't remember the exact numbers anymore, but the number of, now, here's a quick question, pr- parenthetical yeah. question. Um, is the term female to male and male to female incorrect now? No. Is trans masculine and trans feminine a, a better way of putting it? or Male to female and female to male is perfectly accurate. It's okay. Um, a lot of people still use those terms and okay. identify with those terms. Um, it's not quite as inclusive to Got everyone it. anymore. Um you know, like we said, language is always changing. Yes. Those are still okay terms to use. Um, though know that a lot of people just don't identify them with them anymore because even if they did present um, as the gender they were assigned for for a while, mm-hmm. they still a lot of people still believe that they've always been the gender that they yeah. um, transition toward. Um, totally. So, like for example, like it's complicated for me to process this thought. Like I don't use the term male to female, even though I was assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. I usually use like AMAB assigned male at birth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, over like male to female. Um, just because I wasn't given the language of my own identity until mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. So I couldn't identify as trans because I didn't know it existed yeah. until high school. Right. So, so I feel like if I had that terminology and I had that knowledge when I was younger, I absolutely would have identified yeah. as a woman much earlier. Um, so that's why it's kind of complicated for me because I did identify as male. I thought that was the only option for me. Yeah. Um, but I don't use the term male to female just because I don't think I've ever truly been a male. I just was told I was and I thought I was because it was all yeah. that I knew. Yeah. You know, so. Um, well, and the reason I asked was because the studies that I was reading were saying um, that due to the voice change, there were more, in their terms, um, male to female transitions mm-hmm. who didn't seek vocal therapy than males to, f- or than female to male. Yeah. Simply because of the voice change and the, the, um, 
in due to horm- hormone replacement due to therapy. hormone replacement therapy yeah. in um, trans men is a little bit more abrupt and yeah. I mean, their voice extreme. cracks the same yeah. as puberty, you know? Like, that was a hard point for me going through puberty when my voice dropped because I was a soprano. I could sing a high C um, wow. before puberty hit. Yeah, and, same. <laughs> and I was heartbroken. I, I was, was so heartbroken. I, I was like, I don't want to sing I low. I could sing Christine and Phantom of the Opera yes, all right. the way until yes, college. And I, then it suddenly went away. And I was just like, no. Uh, <laughs> see, I could until eighth grade. And then the second oh. like eighth grade started, like I couldn't anymore. And yep. I was heartbroken. I didn't understand. Moment. I didn't understand that I was going to go through male <laughs> puberty. I was like, wait, yep. what is this? <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to me, body? <laughs> Chemistry sucks. But, you know, I am getting my upper range back slowly. Yay. That's um, good. As you probably <laughs> <laughs> a little bit in my yeah. um, mediocre drunk singing <laughs> this weekend. I mean, that's what that's what karaoke's for. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, so from there, mm-hmm. um, how how have your experiences kind of been formed? Um, currently, mm-hmm. how are your experiences now with people versus when you first started transitioning? I know you mm-hmm. touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm constantly analyzing like my place in society and mm-hmm. like where I've come since I started transitioning and how people treat me. Um, because like in the first year of transitioning, like I would get harassed on the street. I've been chased home. I have been pushed and shoved. Like I have gone through some traumatic experiences Mm. not quite as traumatic as some like trans women of color um like myself have a one in five chance of being murdered that's terrifying right like that's an awful statistic but um we have a life expectancy of 35 um so that's that's weird to process but um i've made it this far and people treat me really differently now that i look more feminine um, due to my skill in makeup, style, mm-hmm. and mainly hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Um, and those are all privileges that I now have that I recognize most trans women don't have. Yeah. Um, and some don't necessarily and even choose don't to want. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, everyone is valid in their body. Like, no one is more or less trans mm-hmm. because of, um, like, the changes that they decide to yeah. make to their appearance. Like, that doesn't Absolutely. change your identity. Um. But I am. Um, it's weird because I've gained so many privileges I didn't think that I could have. Like as a male, I'm um, in in college. I was constantly I'm um, analyzing my place in society and my privileges because mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was the thing that I needed to worry about until college. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> um, and I lost so many of those the second I transitioned. Mm. Like, people stopped respecting my opinions as much. Um, like, when I would try to, um, like, lead things that um, the job that I was in when I was first transitioning, my opinion versus a male's um, would be discarded. Um, especially, like, I don't know if it was because I was trans or feminine or just, like, young or I don't know. You know, there's yeah. so many layers that could have been... Um, you know, the culprit of that decision-making, but I always felt like it's because of my trans femininity. Um, but more recently, um, things have really changed. Like I blend into society very easily now. Like Mm -hmm. I don't fear going into a women's department and trying on clothes anymore. Hmm. I'll never forget the first time I walked into forever 21 to try on 
women's clothing um, or like what is marketed as women's yeah. clothing rather. Um, you know, I got a lot of weird looks yeah. because there's this masculine looking person. I'm like kind of attempting to wear makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and so I am. And yeah, people just didn't appreciate that as much, even in Seattle, which yeah. is. I've noticed that. Because I buy a lot of, like, my jeans and things at, yeah. like, Torrid because I feel more comfortable um, with the cuts that Mom's you would get from a... have o- always Oh, my God, they're so the much best. more comfortable. Minus the um, pockets. But even then, I I find myself, as soon as I walk in, um, acting especially feminine. Yeah. Like, being very conscious of how feminine I am to the point of just, like, announcing, I'm a drag queen. Yeah. And, like, pretending to toss my hair so that it kind of... And then you can kind of feel this tension mm-hmm. leave the room. And mm-hmm. it's so strange to me. It's just no, like, it's, just, it's clothing. Yeah. Let people <laughs> wear on, what people. they want to wear. It's a piece I of fabric. I have money. Let me shop. Like we all cover <laughs> our bodies with clothes. Like yep. why does it it's matter what fabric. it looks like? Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so many things have changed and that's, those are some of the biggest ones. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like makeup is also important to talk about um, yeah. on this topic just because, Come you know, I'm makeup. a makeup artist. Yeah. I love makeup. And, um, and you've done some really cool makeup outreach programs recently yes, as well. Yes, I have. So. Um, I feel like it's important to talk about just because for so many trans people, um, makeup is for everyone, right? Like anyone mm-hmm. can wear makeup. Um, and I love working for Mac because their mission is literally all ages, all genders, all yeah. races, all skill levels. Yeah. And that is beautiful to me because makeup is one size fits all truly. Mm-hmm. And I am um, for a lot of trans people, um, feminine or masculine makeup is like safety. Yeah. You know, it's comfortability, it's confidence, it's but it's war paint. literal, <laughs> it's literal safety though. It yeah. is war paint because I'm, um, you know, the easier you can blend into the expectations of the gender that you're presenting as in society, mm-hmm. the more respected you are. Um, and I yeah. noticed that, like, sure, I did get better at makeup alongside um, medically transitioning. And so mm-hmm. I was becoming more feminine in my appearance as I improved feminizing myself further with mm. makeup. Yeah. So it's hard to like analyze like which was more important um, as far as like the respect I received from other people. But makeup was what made me feel more confident than anything else. Yeah. Because I could start wearing makeup so much earlier. Like I started wearing foundation and clear mascara, brown mascara in high school. And wow. almost no one knew um, because like, Try Dang. to keep it as subtle as possible. Dang. Um, I wore some foundation in high school and everyone <laughs> knew because it was the wrong color. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I did the whole, like, 90s, like, white out my face thing. There you go. Yep, there you go. That was great. Well, there was one day my sister in high school actually asked me if I was wearing clear nail polish. And I, like, like no. I was like, I hit it. I my hit nails my nails. The shiny. I was like, no, they're, they're just shiny. I don't know they're what you're talking healthy. about. I ran straight to the bathroom. I took it off. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but. You know, with, like, how makeup has evolved, like, how contouring has completely changed the game in makeup. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Thank you, Raven. the word. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Raven. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm Kevin saying Kwan. this. Thank, Thank you, you, Kim Kardashian. Thank you, you know, Kim Kardashian. She probably made it. I mean, it. I'm not sorry for saying that. Like, she... She's, am- she's, she's done amazing things. Amazing. She truly is. I'm I mean, problematic, she's been doing makeup but... On, yeah, but she's been doing makeup, makeup is, on herself wow. since she was, like, what, eight years old? Nine years probably old? Probably younger. Who knows? Yeah. Their dad was very... 
adamant that they learn how to do makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's why I love working in makeup because I love helping people feel mm-hmm. beautiful, whether they're trans or cis or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, confidence is so important in today's world because we're constantly told by society, like, you need to look this one certain way. Yeah. And things are changing slowly. Um, the fashion world is definitely trying to be more inclusive as of late, mm-hmm. especially. But um, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of problems with oh that. Yeah. And makeup just really helps. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that, that really made my mind up on makeup was realizing that makeup isn't at least I don't. And I know most of the people that I know don't wear makeup necessarily because they think they're ugly. No. But it's a, it's a way of expressing a certain amount of art and a certain amount mm-hmm. of yourself on a day-to-day basis in a constructive and exciting way. Yes. You can emphasize certain parts of your body that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can make your cheekbones that you love just like sharper and stronger. You yep. can make your eyes look a different color. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's fun and it's just really confidence um, inducing, you know. And yeah. That's why I love doing it. I especially love helping trans people um, learn about makeup because it's so hard and overwhelming at the beginning yeah. and for anyone transitioning, especially toward becoming more feminine. Um, you know, I needed help at the beginning of yeah. my transition with makeup. <laughs> so I know that a lot of other oh people God, are I in the same boat. At my, I was a pride queen. That was my, so I just had mm-hmm. my three year um, queen birthday. I saw that. Congratulations. Thank you. And I looked at my very first pride picture and it's the most like, I don't know how I thought I looked feminine at all. I thought I did. You like did. Like, I was painting feminine, but I, I, like, squared off my chin and put in a chin <laughs> dimple. And, like, oh, it was rough. But it was because no one necessarily – I was learning all by myself, and yeah. I was doing, like, two faces a day in my little tiny mirror in Missoula, Montana, and posting on Instagram. And all of those pictures are still there. You're welcome to go find them. Oh, yes. But <laughs> – Oh, yeah, there's plenty of photos from my early, yep. early makeup days back in mine. But it definitely <laughs> – it's it's one of those things that takes time and sometimes yeah. is very helpful to have someone come alongside you and be like, I mean, if you change this angle just a little bit, it can achieve what you're going for a little bit exactly, better. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's why I try to offer as many complimentary services as I can, mm-hmm. especially to the trans community. Um, I Just a couple months ago, I hosted... Um, like a one-on-one makeup session with about 10 individuals at Seattle University. That's awesome. Um, thank you. And that was through um, the Gender Justice League there. Um, so I would just like to thank them. I'd like to thank Halima um, for setting it up. Um, it was just so humbling and so exciting to be able to help just all these trans folks just feel beautiful, mm-hmm. maybe learn a little bit of makeup and take photos and just lift each other up in a safe space. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, sometimes you just need to be with like people and absolutely just be <laughs> able to just be yourself and do whatever you want. And, and then I'm um, just a week ago last Sunday, I was able to host a masterclass uh, with Mac Cosmetics in Nordstrom downtown Seattle. That's awesome. And um, we had 20 people sign up for the class and nine people ended up showing, which okay. was super huge, um, yeah. especially for like just just a class focused on trans people um, yeah, totally. with very limited marketing. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, like we had no funds or anything like that. We just printed out flyers and posted on social media. And I would like to thank all the organizations that did share the flyer. And um, it was it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, I did make up on one of my friends, Rose, um, who is trans and mm-hmm. funny that her name was Rose. Yeah. My name's Rose. <laughs> it's but, actually uh, my, my sister's name too. <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah. It's a very good name. And <laughs> it was just really fun. I got to do makeup on her and just talk through all the steps, talk through my favorite products and why I use them, the ingredients and how they work just to help achieve everyone's needs. And I asked questions, what they needed help with, what they wanted to learn. And, mm-hmm. It was just so encouraging um, just to be able to help people with what they wanted, you know, because everyone needs to feel good about themselves. Makeup is my favorite way to, you know, improve my confidence. Yep. (laughs) Um, And I'll make sure at the end that we get a chance to to plug your Instagram because your makeup is amazing. (sighs) Thank you. Make sure that gets (laughs) out there. Um. One of the things I like doing with my guests, and I'm kind of starting to do this, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm thinking it's going to become a bigger part of my podcast in the future, um, but I want to know, for, for people out there, like growing up, I didn't know who to look at who was like me. Yeah. And I ac- actually, just on Twitter last night, was thanking a, a gay icon that I look up to mm-hmm. um, because he's someone that I wish I had had when I was a kid yeah, um, and someone that I can see is almost exactly like me and I can not necessarily model myself after, but just see that people like me can succeed. Yes, exactly. Um, and who I just want, I like to ask people who are those people in your life mm-hmm. um, because there are people out there that don't know where to find those people. Yeah. No, I love that. That's huge. Like yeah. growing up, like part of the reason I didn't, know who I was or have that knowledge of my own identity was because there weren't a lot of role models in the trans community, let alone um, the Hispanic trans feminine community. Um, There just wasn't, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. presence. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So, like, the first mentionings of um, trans people for me was... Laverne Cox on mm. Orange is the New Black. I love her. That was a really groundbreaking show for me. It changed my whole life mm-hmm. um, for the better. And because I had no role models, I had no one to look up to or no one to like figure out, help me figure out who I am when I was younger. That's what I want to be as much as possible. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do is because I know that my community needs people to look up to. They need information um, mm-hmm. about you know, their own identity is about how to feel comfortable and how to figure these feelings that they're yeah. feeling. Um, and so some of the people that I love looking up to first, um, I would say Laverne Cox. Yeah. Um, she's one of the most well-known trans people in the world. She has broken so many glass ceilings. Oh my God, she's yes. been on so many covers <laughs> of amazing magazines and, you know, she's just always like a bright shining light in the world. Mm-hmm. She's filled with positivity, hope, and she's always advocating for positive change for the black community, for the trans community and for so many other, um, communities that, um, you know, just need a little help right now. Yeah. Um, and besides her, I would really love to highlight Carmen Carrera. Yes. Um, she was on RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. um, season three. And then she later transitioned. And she's um, Hispanica as well. And mm. 
She's a supermodel. She is huge. Yeah. You oh, know, she gorgeous. is represented worldwide. She's been in vogue in so many different mm-hmm. magazines across the world. And I had the honor and privilege to meet her this weekend. Oh my God. She came, um, she came to the Pride events in Seattle and um, yes, or Sunday after the after her uh, like speech mm-hmm. at the main stage um, at Seattle Pride. Um, I like hung around backstage seeing if she would like come (laughs) out and um, I was able to meet her and she followed me on Instagram about a year ago, probably because of my advocacy work. And so I just love highlighting her and talking about her because she inspired me to do what I do. And we'll see what happens in the future. Um, I I particularly love watching her and watching, watching her interactions online. Me too. Because she doesn't, take bullshit no she's so <laughs> real she's so real anyone. she will um, she will tell you how it is and she will stand up for herself yeah. and for our community she is a very strong voice in the trans community um there's so many others i mean janet mock groundbreaking her book is mm-hmm. so just eye-opening she talks about a lot of the real stuff like the nitty-gritty parts of being trans like mm. she's gone through um a full medical transition um a lot of different steps in that and she talks about all of them in full detail in her book oh wow um that was very important for me to read yeah. to just kind of figure out like my options um just to feel more comfortable see um how she did it and yeah you know that was important for me too and then there's so many more um, yeah. surfacing as of late. Laith Ashley, Arise Warner. Like, there's so many amazing mm-hmm. um, trans folks now that are gaining um, larger spotlights. Yeah. And that's really huge. And, and these are just a few of the people that I follow and that I love. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about many of them is how big of an Instagram presence they have. Mm-hmm. Especially in a day when Instagram is doing a lot of sneaky and not so great algorithmic <laughs> things <Okay. laughs> um, such as targeting certain hashtags during pride and making mm-hmm. sure those posts didn't get shared. Um, but even through that, there are so many trans advocates who are breaking through that and gaining followers and gaining yes. um, the ability to be better advocates is so exciting yes um totally so screw here for you it. instagram uh, <laughs> i love you but screw you <laughs> i mean while we're at it let's talk about the youtube um, oh my god algorithm right yes. now just because um youtube was so important for me growing up i'm mm-hmm. um, realizing um what it is to be gay um, yeah. because i came out as a gay male first um i figured out my sexuality before i figured out my gender identity which mm-hmm. are separate um and like folks like Tyler Oakley, Hannah mm-hmm. Hart, Chase Ross, yeah. um, all really important icons in me figuring out myself um, when I was young in middle school and high school. And yeah. right now, queer YouTubers are being blocked um, yeah. on YouTube. They are being denied monetization, which is how they make their money and their livelihoods. Yep. Um, there are ads being played that are anti queer anti LGBTQ Pandora's been doing that too of, and of yes playing, I, I saw that they were playing a um pro conversion therapy ad on Pandora mm-hmm. and it's just like excuse me what it's been ha- and it, and that's on and then they pretend that's that they on didn't queer people's pages yep. that's while you're listening to yep. like a trans person talk about like like being like harassed or something and then there's yep. YouTube playing an ad yep. directly in support of you know, conversion therapy or whatever. Yep. Um, 
so you know there's still a lot of problems that we're facing right now as mm-hmm. far as um you know being able to share your story with other people online because yeah. a lot of people come from small towns where there's um not a lot of room to be out and proud yeah like i came from a small town in idaho where it was scary to hold my boyfriend's hand down the street mm-hmm. you know um and things are changing. Things are improving, especially in Idaho, like we said yeah. earlier. But um, it's still it's so important for um, social media mm-hmm. um, outlets and news sources yeah. to be allies. And if they're claiming to be an ally, they need to prove it through their actions. And they need to, yes. they need to ensure that <laughs> problems that Facebook, like this are fixed. We need to keep our names, not the names you tell us to have. Yes, <coughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are there, are there any specific resources that you, um, turn to in terms of, mm-hmm. um, help and advocacy and then, mm-hmm. um, things that you would like to make sure that other trans individuals know about? Yes, definitely. Um, besides following, um, all these wonderful trans advocates, mm-hmm. um, and just trans people that are outspoken, um, there's a lot of different websites um, that I find really helpful and that have actually directly um, helped me with my transition um, and other things like that. Um, most of these sites and things are all listed on my personal website, thetransisbeautiful.com um, is like my advocacy website. Okay. And I talk about a lot of different um, stages of my transition that I've gone through. I share different stories. Um, there are videos, articles, um, there's links to outside sources. Um, and like the page that I would like to highlight um, is like my resource page on there. Cool. There are about 50 different websites that I link there to different um, like websites and places that can help support um all queer individuals but especially trans folks um a couple that i like to highlight in particular some of those resources that i link to on my website are point of pride um point of pride was started by aiden dowling um another amazing trans masculine Mm -hmm. advocate um he um has been on covers of magazines and he started point of pride, which helps people um, who are trans transition. So they have like a surgery fund once a year, they have binder giveaways, they have um, breast insert giveaways. And they also just started an electrolysis program and you know, so many different resources um, on that website for trans folks who need financial help with transitioning to whatever way they need to. Um, And they've already been able to help thousands of people That's amazing. i think they've given away as of now one of my friends is on the board um i think about two thousand binders have wow. been given away for free That's to trans masculine people who need them that's awesome huge and um of course there's so many other different sites um trans alike um is a website owned by one of my friends zane um he's an advocate um in new york okay um and his website um, includes like a lot of resources about transitioning and his own stories, um, things that he's gone through as a trans masculine person. And um, he's also hosted a lot of binder giveaways, especially mm-hmm. he focuses on the trans masculine community because, you mm-hmm. know, that's his identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's so many others. These are just some of yeah, the ones that are absolutely. on my mind right now. But and I'll make sure I, I um, put all of those in writing at the, in the description box as well for the the podcast. So that's people perfect. Can see them easily. Yes. But <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming in and talking. Um, and answering my questions. <laughs> Anytime. Um, I love hanging out. Feel free to feel free to send me any updates you would like, or if mm-hmm. you'd like to come back. Where can people find you? Um, you named your your website. What about um, social media that you would like to share? Yes, um, my Instagram is a thing that I'm most active on. I'm mm-hmm. um, I post almost every single day. I'm um, when I do a makeup look, I'll often post three posts a day. <laughs> um, if you're into makeup, but I also talk about so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's at Rosalyn Montoya. Rosalind is spelled R-O-S-A-L-Y-N-N-E Montoya, M-O-N-T-O-Y-A. Um, and from there, it links to everything else. It links Perfect. to my YouTube, my Twitter, my personal website, Um, But the biggest two would be my Instagram and then thetransisbeautiful.com is a really important resource. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at yeah, but podcast if I ever update it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're also on Facebook. So go ahead and give us a like on both places. Yes. Um, and then please, please, please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play because um, that helps push us farther up in the, the r- listings. So more people can find us. Yes, and it's an amazing podcast. It's Thank been an you. honor to partake in this. Thank it's you been for an honor inviting to have me. You. Thank you. <laughs> and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ya Bot with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Oh.